The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. As always, joined by your hosts, myself, Alex Fishbein. We got Dennis Clawson. We got Mike Bash. What's going on, fellas? How much? Good to be here. Uh, didn't appreciate you putting Dennis in front of me, but it's okay. You know, We're going in uh, age order, I guess. I thought we were going in a looks order. No, it's age before beauty. I mean, age wouldn't make sense if I had myself first. Well, you're the host. You're the, <laughs> you know, you're the the MC here. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, either way. <laughs> um, all right. So this week we need to get into the last year in review, which is the Boston Celtics. We will get into that. After we touch on some brief news and notes around the league, whatever it may be, probably the biggest thing is the interview that happened between Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. They got together. They talked about their time with the Warriors. Durant talked about whether he had regrets joining it, all the things that happened from his burner on Twitter, calling out fans, what happened when they got in a fight, everything. And the biggest I would say quote or topic coming out of the whole thing is the fact that they're blaming their argument between those two that ended up breaking up the team. They're blaming that on Steve Kerr and the front office for getting into the middle of it and not allowing them to kind of just fix it between the two of them. They both said, like, we should have just kept it between us. We should have just fixed it between us. And then everything would have been fine. Obviously, that didn't happen. And here we are now. Kevin Durant's with Brooklyn. Draymond's still on Golden State waiting for Clay to return and everything and whatever it may be. Um, What were your guys' thoughts, like, when that came out? I mean, obviously, it's kind of like, you know, now it's kind of pointing fingers. He said, she said kind of thing. But. Uh, like, do you believe them that it is the front office and coach's fault? Do you think it should have just, they should have just fixed it themselves, like, as it is anyway? Like, what, what do you guys think? Um, I think it's a weird situation. Like, I think if, you know, it's one of those situations where, like, all right, if kids fight, right, and parents involved, and like, all right, you got to apologize to this person. But we're talking about grown men. We're talking about professional athletes. We're talking about, 30-year-old, accomplished NBA veterans, like, they don't need the front office to step in and be like, you guys need to fix this. Like, they're grown men. They're It's on them if they want to fix things, if they want to apologize, if they want to talk things through. And I just, like, when Draymond was like, you're going to suspend me because we got in an argument, like, it was, it just didn't, it, the whole story didn't sit right with me. Um, I, I agreed with Kevin and, and Draymond of, like, there's only two people that can fix this situation. Me and me as in Draymond and Kevin Durant, not the owner, the coach, the agents, like, no, they're grown men. They need to fix their issues themselves. Obviously it seems like now years later, they had fixed their issues, but if the front office didn't get involved, I don't like Kevin said, you know, or like Draymond said, they, Kevin might've stayed there and the Nets may never have gotten Katie. So 
I'm happy that the front office screwed it up, and so is Dennis. But it's just weird. I don't think that's just – it had to – like, it would have to be, like, really bad for the front office to be justifiable and stepping in there. And then that's my, my opinion on it. Dennis is probably going to call me an idiot, but, you know, we'll see. No, I might not call you an idiot for once, but this is typical dream on green behavior. He's a guy who takes no accountability for anything that he does. He's got the nastiest attitude or one of the nastiest attitudes in the league. The guy's a technical foul machine. So it's not surprising to me that he wants to put blame on things. Um, Cause that's just who he is. He doesn't, he doesn't own up to his mistakes. He's one of the biggest crybabies on the planet. He's at the point now where he's not as valuable as he used to be. He's hurt more often than not. He's good for the occasional low end triple double. But overall, this, this is not surprising to me by any means. The guy's a bum. The guy cost the Warriors a championship by getting suspended during the Cleveland series, which cost him, you know, getting his technical and costing him a game, which ultimately, to me, that was the biggest turning point for that entire series is the fact that Draymond Green was suspended. So it's not shocking, but... Things are. I don't think things are going to get better from here. I think the the Warriors are going to start to realize that Draymond Green's overpaid. He's too injury prone. He's not worth it anymore. And there may be a time here. So I, it would be surprising to me if he finished out his contract in Golden State. Yeah, I mean, especially with the rumors that Golden State wants Ben Simmons, I feel like just the exact way we talked about how Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid couldn't fit together, I don't think Ben Simmons and Draymond Green, I think they'd be an even worse fit together. So with the rumors of that... (laughs) Exactly. With the rumors of that trade, um, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Draymond is one of the people that are involved in that trade. Uh, I mean, obviously, you have the whole loyalty factor, the fact that Draymond has been there for a very long time and Golden State seems seems quite loyal to Draymond. Um, there, That obviously might be something that's holding it up. But, yeah, yeah we'll I mean, the whole thing... Loyal... Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say we'll see how loyal... Golden State is the front office. Steve Kerr will see how loyal uh, that organization is to Draymond Green after this. Because I oh, think yeah. this is, you know, before you could kind of put up with his crap because at least he was kind of contributing. Mm-hmm. He's 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 not worth the issues anymore. He's just, you know, his triple consistent triple double days are over. He sits on the bench more than he actually plays he's just a he's a pain in the ass so it's not shocking to me that you know that this happened and and you're going to see maybe that this is going to turn into something maybe not this season but once they start you know clay's not going to be back until christmas day potentially 
So the Warriors might be a hurting team until they can get back up to full strength. But once they start looking at the pieces and they start looking at, okay, Clay can hopefully stay healthy. He's contributing. We know Steph is going to contribute all the time. Who's not contributing? And that'll be uh, Draymond Street Clothes Green. Um, pain in the ass. Does nothing but bitch and complain all the time. Gets technical fouls. It's not going to be worth it anymore. And if you could dangle him and get something in return that's actually worth the amount of money that this moron is getting paid, then hell yeah, then do it. Yeah, you just I call mean, any guy that sits out in the injury street clothes. Yes, because it, 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 I mean it's a hundred, like it's a hundred percent accurate. So if a guy I like tears his ACL, is he a street clothes guy, or is it only if a guy has is. like a? Is it only if a guy has like a sore hamstring? Depends on who. Well, it that's it's not it's <laughs> not a there's not a stable definition for street clothes. If if you get a hamstring issue, okay, I could deal with that. But if you have a hamstring issue and it costs you six games and then later on you have a strained meniscus then or you have plantar fasciitis, all this crap, then yeah, you're street clothes. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely get the viewpoint of you know, especially if the team is underperforming, they especially don't want to waste the as long as Steph Curry is producing, they don't want to waste any kind of time that he's actually still producing the superstar level that he is. And then especially if Clay comes back and, and he stays healthy, you don't want to waste Clay either. So I could definitely see Draymond being one of the people that they end up shipping off. Um, especially now with the fact, I mean, they have Kaminga, they have James Wiseman, um, like they do also have some pretty good young pieces. James Wiseman. Uh, oh, good come young on. pieces. What do you mean? <sighs> what is wrong with James Wiseman? No, you, I you no, don't what, like Wiseman what, or Kaminga? The come no, bucket? I did, I did the what bucket? <laughs> they call Kuminga the cum bucket. <laughs> I thought that was your nickname in high school. <laughs> hey, you Dennis. No, I didn't do when we were talking about Kaminga. I was talking when we were talking about James Wiseman. He wasn't that bad. Street close. (laughs) Come on, the dude. He's only 19. Yeah, when you're 19, you should not be that. What was his injury this year? What was his injury? Tore a meniscus or whatever the hell he did. What what do you you want? You want guys to play through, like, you know, broken bones? No, you're 19. That's supposed to be the prime. If your meniscus is torn, if your, your meniscus is torn. Well, no, like if you're, if you're, you're getting up there in the age, like, cause I'm starting to become old as shit. So you're not starting. Well, I'm, I, I mean, like I stub my toe and it keeps me out of, you know, I, I need to elevate my foot for four days afterwards. I need ice on it. This guy, you roll around in jujitsu and you're done for the week. That's right. But this guy's 19. He should not be having this. If he tears his meniscus, he tears his meniscus. No, he's uh, come on. 
Street clothes. <laughs> Alex, come on. Can you agree with me? I, no, I do agree that if, if it's a tear, like, you can't just prevent. Like, I can like, understand if, if you had a bone bruise and you're like, okay, you know, you can't play through a bone bruise. But, like, if the guy has a torn meniscus, the guy has a torn meniscus. There's no eight. You could be 40 or you could be 20. It doesn't matter. I mean, why are his why are his tendons and muscles that fragile? He's nineteen. I mean, what you, do you, you because just, he's nineteen, he's supposed to have bionic meniscuses. In our in yes. our fantasy football league, you just traded for Saquon Barkley. He tore his ACL in yeah. what his second season. Don't you don't toss my shit out. And there George the Kittle didn't play. <laughs> George Kittle barely played last year, so you traded for Stop two guys that barely played. And hold on, <laughs> Lavisca Chenault, the third part of that trade. Missed games in college, so you traded for three street clothes guys. By your question, it's not. It's a completely different topic. Oh, <laughs> when we start doing the fantasy football podcast, then I'll happily. Dennis, sit all you over have to YouTube. be good at it to be on the fantasy football podcast. I'm, anyways, James Wiseman <laughs> played thirty nine games this year, and I don't think the injury was the, the knee injury was his only ailment that he was dealing with this year. I'm not 100% sure because I don't really care about James Wiseman, but that was probably the – the when you look at all the guys that were drafted over, that he got drafted over, that really wasn't that that smart of a selection. Well, they, they knew he wasn't going to be as good as advertised right away because he had the whole thing where he played one game at Memphis and then was – expelled from the NCAA because of the whole shoe payment crap and everything like that. So, I mean, the guy didn't even play competitive basketball for the entire year leading up to the draft. So now he has character issues on top of injuries. I wouldn't put that character issue on him though, because now if the same thing happened this year leading up to the draft, he'd be able to play. Yeah, I know. I'm just, trying to enhance my case a little bit more <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean if you think of the guys though that were picked up over james wiseman i mean you're telling me that you'd rather pick up james wiseman than lamello ball well first off you mean the guys that you you're whatever you said was wrong it's the guys that were picked after james wiseman not the guys that were picked over james wiseman you're an English teacher now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, big, big going out on a limb here. You'd rather have the rookie of the year than James Wiseman. Yeah, but they dra- they literally drafted. What do you want them to do? They have Steph Curry. You want them to draft Lamelo Ball? They needed a big do- man. They want need instead of best player available. Do something with a man like he's obviously a more talented player. Than James Wiseman is, you're going to see in four years, three years, however many years left he has on his contract. Why do you think they're looking to trade him right now? He's been, his name has been popped up in tons of trade rumors as it is. They know they made a mistake. It's kind of like that girl who went with you to the prom in high school. She looks back on it and says, "I should have never did that." Yeah, she's. I think she just got married or engaged. So, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. No, but what I'm saying though is that uh, what the hell were we saying about Wiseman? Yeah, I, I'm done with that. I'm not even <laughs> touching that anymore. But anyway, they could have Lamelo um, Ball. 
<laughs> uh, true. But going back to Durant and Draymond, um, the the big thing with, with this entire argument or whatever the hell they got into, Draymond was the guy who first off texted Durant and told him to come to Golden State in the first place. So my whole thing is I don't even know what you guys are arguing about anyway. And when it comes down to it, if you still wanted to win and you still wanted to be on the same team and you were still, you know, wanted to to be one of the most overpowered teams in the league, you would have worked it out whether the ownership came in there or not. Like with ownership came in, you still talk to the guy and you still say, hey, I didn't ask them to do this. I didn't want them to do this, blah, blah, blah. Let's just work it out. I don't understand why you still couldn't have worked it out, even though they, you know, suspended Draymond or whatever. Obviously, they're going to show their favoritism for Kevin Durant at the time, because if you're one, if you're picking one player to want to stay on your team, you're definitely picking Durant over Draymond. Maybe they yeah. said, you know, one too many Yo Mama jokes. And it just crossed the line. Or they made too many... Uh, donkey jokes or something (laughs) but i mean in the grand scheme of it the the thing that i thought was also funny was the whole thing about um when draymond said like you know they all found your burner account on twitter and now you're just saying what you said on your burner account on your regular account on twitter i think like seeing kevin durant's clapbacks against random fans is like one of my most favorite things ever. And he even went on to say like, Hey, I'm not the only one doing this. Like Damian Lillard does it. CJ McCollum does it. Like there's a plenty of guys now that clap back against people that are just trolling on Twitter and everything. And I think I say more power to him because I think it's fun. You want to find the biggest collection of idiots on the planet. Go to Twitter. Oh, specifically Dennis's Twitter. Hey, I, I the biggest. I don't know why people care so much with what people on the internet say. Who cares? Because it's 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 the world we live in. Well, I mean, you know, it's just Twitter's just. Ugh, don't please. You're really st- sound sound like a real. Uh... Was it Gen Y or Baby Boom or whatever generation you're considered? <laughs> the last good one. <laughs> and I mean, no, but- any any more, you like a, a person or a brand gets bigger, the wittier or the better their comeback is at these idiots. Like the when when Kevin Durant starts calling these people out. It's hilarious, and like that makes Kevin Durant even more likable than he already was, and it's just funny at this point. But I do agree that Twitter is just loaded with just idiots and trolls and people that like they're literally on there just to stir trouble or stir the pot, and like that's that's literally their only existence on the on the website. Really, what it though it boils down to is that these guys are too ultra competitive guys so true you have those two explosive personalities this was 
it was bound to happen at some point. I mean, just like you see in, in, in Brooklyn, there were times where, much to my delight, you would see Kyrie start acting up and Durant would go in and put him in check. I mean, that's the kind of guy Kevin Durant is. I mean, Draymond Green doesn't really back down to anybody, but there's not a lot of guys in the league, though, who are going to say anything if Kevin Durant is telling you something. You know what I mean? So he's got that kind of presence to him. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just the, the one thing I did like about the entire thing is just like having a player interview a player instead of having like a talking head or analyst or whatever, because obviously a player talking to another player, you're going to get more honesty. You're going to get more, you know, interesting sound bites and you're going to get more interesting stories than you are. If like Rachel Nichols sat down with Kevin Durant, um, she's too busy with Jimmy Butler right now. So <laughs> true. That's how you get the most out of Jimmy Butler is an interview with Rachel Nichols, but go everyone else out of me, I can tell you that. <laughs> you know oh, I mean? God. Oh. <laughs> is your wife in the background? <laughs> oh, she Ooh. can't hear you because you have the headphones in. She she's upstairs. That's why that's why there's no ramifications for that one. <laughs> yeah, I love my wife. She's great. <laughs> but uh but anyway. Um he must have said so your mom is so fat her car has stretch marks. <laughs> What are you reading like a website of your mama jokes? Yes. <laughs> That's part of his uh his research for every every podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but anyway, uh the schedules have been announced. Um Christmas Day games announced, everything like that. Uh the Christmas Day games are, they seem to be like they're going to be pretty entertaining. Um, Dennis, do you still have the list of the games up? I do. Can you say those again? Oh, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll take over hosting duties. We're kicking okay. off the day with the Hawks and the Knicks at noon Eastern Conference time, followed by the Celtics against the Defending NBA champion, the Milwaukee Bucks. At five, we have the Warriors against the Western Conference champions, the Suns. The Brooklyn Nets are going to head to L.A. to meet up with the Lakers. And then the Mavericks and the Jazz are going to top off the night, even though nobody's going to be watching it because everybody's just going to be tired from watching their kids open presents at 5.30 in the morning. (laughs) Exactly. And, I mean, obviously, we're going to be tuning into. I mean, I know you guys are going to be tuning into the Nets, which I feel like most people are because it's Nets-Lakers. That's going to be a very interesting game. What day's, um, what day's Christmas on this year? Is it a Saturday? It is. Yeah, it's a weekend. I'm pretty sure it's either Saturday or Sunday. I'm Jewish. I couldn't tell you. I was going to say, <laughs> I asked the wrong guy, but. Yes, <laughs> one and a half of the wrong guys. Sat. Yes. <laughs> it is on a Saturday. Thank God. I know that'll be nice. But um, so there's there's Nets... a couple pros. In... Oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna say no, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. Pros and cons to that. The pros is 
you get to watch a bunch of games on the weekends and actually stay up. The bad news is you got to waste your two days off uh, hanging out with your third uncle who you haven't seen in six years. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the family time can only be so long that it's tolerable. Right. <laughs> but um, hopefully the games are a good distraction during that Saturday. So you can just be like, hey, you know, I've already said my hi, how are you? Shut up. I'm watching the game now. <laughs> right. I'm taking a nap on the couch. Leave me alone. Exactly. But um, so Nets and Lakers, I think, is obviously the most entertaining game of that that lineup. Um, and I do like the rematch of the Hawks Knicks. I mean, it was an entertaining four one series in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, the Knicks obviously got a little bit better. Um, I do think. We were talking about this before we started recording. I do think Denver should have gotten a game. I definitely think Jokic should be on a Christmas Day game. And especially, uh, have they had a timetable for when Jamal Murray is supposed to get back? He should be back relatively soon. Okay. So then, yeah, I mean, you get Jamal Murray back on that team. And... I mean, Denver is still a very good team, probably a top four seed. And I I think I would much rather watch Dallas versus Denver than I would Dallas versus Utah. Where you're going to look at, you know, the, the Nuggets are like the Rodney Dangerfield of the NBA. Just no respect. For anybody, for anybody listening who doesn't know who that is, look it up. But... <laughs> You know, we got the MVP of the league, the best player in the entire league, not even playing on Christmas. I mean, that's a travesty, to be honest with you. But really what it all comes down to is, you know, small market teams. You know, Denver is a big city. But when you think about, you know, the Knicks, I mean, I mean, the Knicks are good. But who, who's to say that they're going to be as good as they were last year? The Lakers, the only reason why they're on that schedule is because LeBron's there. Who the hell knows if uh, Street Clothes Davis is going to be in the lineup? He probably won't be because he's hurt every other game. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The Mavericks of Jazz is good because it gives Luka a chance to kind of get into the spotlight on probably the NBA's biggest day of the year. True. I, my, my thing is I just hate watching Utah as a team. Everyone hates the only, Utah. Yeah, the only person on Utah that I think is any bit of entertaining is Donovan Mitchell. I don't think anyone else on that team – like I've never – even on League Pass and I see Utah on, I tune into like Houston before I turn into – tune into Utah. And I don't know. Just especially on Christmas Day, I just – personally would not want to watch them play and i'd much rather see like luka versus jokic or even even like the mavericks versus the clippers that that playoff series was entertaining yeah but it's not i mean what are you gonna watch the clippers for i'd rather watch them than utah see you could see Kawhi street clothes leonard 
according to Dennis. <laughs> Who he traded away in our fantasy basketball league for whatever reason. Um, for you know, Kawhi's. It's nearly confirmed he's not going to play this entire season. So, is is he really? Yeah. Are you I sure about that? Know that? Where did where do yes. you have some insider with the? Well, no. There's a couple sources that say the the expectation is for him that he's not going to play this year. I mean, I Certainly know. Did he tear by ACL? Yeah, partial tear, right knee. That's right. Oh, you're right. You're so, right. I mean, why do you th- they they were trying so hard to keep that injury a like a big secret? Like, I know more about Area 51 than I probably knew about Kawhi injury, uh, Kawhi Leonard's knee injury during the playoffs. Like, they kept saying he's questionable, and I'm like, bullshit, he's not questionable. Why don't you just say this guy's out for the entire year? And then some. It's just coincidentally after the playoffs were over, they say, "Oh, he tore his tore his ACL." Well, so that's shocking. You know, I wanted so, people to hang on to some hope. No, there is no hope. If you're a Clippers fan, <laughs> you should have no hope. I mean, I agree, but I feel like that's why they probably tried to hide the injury as much as they did, just to give the the people who don't know how much the Clippers demise uh, over the years, they probably were trying to just give them some hope for the young kids. <laughs> but yeah. um, we care way too much what the young kids think. True. <laughs> but uh, also some notes for the uh, season coming up. Um one of the things that NBA.com looked at was um, during an 82-game season, uh, one of the analysis or advanced stats they used was looking at a team's likelihood to make the playoffs given how many of the first 20 games that team won. And when they looked back on a bunch of seasons, it was a pretty good telltale sign of if they would make the playoffs or not um just as an example teams that won 12 or more of their first 20 games had a 91 percent chance to make the playoffs if they made if they won six or fewer of their first 20 they had in the west they had a zero percent chance in the east they had a seven percent chance to make the playoffs and so using that, they came up with the top five teams, the hardest schedule and the top five teams, the easiest schedule. The hardest schedule is Portland, Sacramento, Orlando, Indiana, and Denver. And the easiest are the Lakers, Clippers, Utah, Brooklyn, and Golden State. Cha-ching. <laughs> I mean, all about. ratings are king. That's what it's oh, all yeah. about. The five hardest ske- the five hardest schedules. I mean, three of them were playoff teams. Two of them being Sacramento and Orlando. I mean, nobody really cares about either of them anyway. But I, I think it's going to be interesting because if Portland starts off with a terrible uh, record in those first twenty games, what happens with Dame? 
Indiana, I mean, they're always just primed for a first round loss, even if they make the playoffs. And then you got Denver, which could shake up the West seeding wise and change a lot of different matchups. But I mean, then you got Lakers, Clippers, Utah and Golden State with four of the five easiest schedules. Well, since we're talking about Boston today, you don't need to be the guy from Goodwill Hunting and go to the chalkboard and solve the math equation to to figure out that teams who generally play better, especially early on, have a better chance of making the playoffs. I mean, it must be a slow news day or a news week at NBA.com for them to be, you know, revealing those uh, – you know, breathtaking. I can't think of another word, but those stats, I mean, wow, that was shocking to me. And it's just funny <laughs> to me that the, the worst teams in the, in the league have the hardest schedule. I mean, the NBA is really going to suffer by not having the Orlando magic have a chance to make the playoffs. I mean, they have such a huge fan base and so many people watch Orlando magic games they don't know what the heck they're doing. And Sacramento, I mean, I, I guarantee if you ask 10 people, nine of them would not even know that Sacramento has a team. <laughs> Dennis is the biggest Sacramento Kings guy. That's not an actual Sacramento Kings fan I've ever seen. Well, I mean, the, the Sacramento Kings. The Queens. Sacramento Queens. As the great, <laughs> as the great big Aristotle used to call them. <laughs> I mean, you had you had you know Vladi Divac running things for a while. The guy smoked twelve packs of cigarettes a day, which was awesome. And then, uh, but the, the 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 Kings. I mean, they got what they have. De'Aaron Fox on. I mean, he's one of the best players, one of the best young up and coming players in the entire league. They got. I, agree with, I agree with that. They I they resigned. You know, Holmes. They got Tyrese Halliburton. Who the hell knows what's going to happen with Buddy Heald? I mean, they got a lot of good players on there. Who did they just draft, too? Didn't they just draft somebody decent? Uh, I don't know why I can't. Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, he had he has a lot of hype coming into the league. You know, that so. AKA Dennis has no clue who Davion Mitchell is. You're an idiot. Of course, I do. Where did he go to college? Uh, Western Kentucky. Nope. <laughs> All right, where'd you go to college? <laughs> Baylor. Okay. Well, this goes back to, for one, I, I knew that. I remember that. But two, this goes back to After my... After I told you. Yeah, but I refreshed my memory, idiot. But this goes back to my whole, I don't care about rookies until you start playing well. When you start playing well, then I'm going to pay attention to who you are. I don't know. We'll I say, you're going to be a big Jonathan Kaminga fan. Just saying. <laughs> but I'll, I'll also say Davion Mitchell has it. He might have one of my new favorite nicknames. His nickname Tom is Bucket. off night. <laughs> that's that's Kaminga. <laughs> but Davion Mitchell's nickname is off night because his defense makes even the best players have an off night. And they, they uh, brought because he he played defense on Pritchard during uh, the summer league final, 
And Pritchard was averaging like something crazy, like 25, 30 points a game in summer league. And he had like seven points with Davion Mitchell guarding him the whole, the whole championship. And I mean, is I mean, I just like the name. The nickname is cool. It's unique. At least it's not anything that like, you know, like they're not trying to like when Gary Payton's son was coming into the league and they like called him the mitten instead of the glove. Like, give me a break. That's stupid. <laughs> I ain't got no problem. With the glove. I ain't got no problem with the glove. The glove, no, but the mitten, dumb. Do you know what that? Do you know what that quote's from? The last dance. I ain't got no problem with the glove. I was about to say I definitely heard it before, but yeah, I when Gary Payton's like Gary Payton's like I was just tiring him out, tiring him out. And Michael Jordan's like, no, my father just died, and I had my mind on other things. It was not Gary Payton doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds about right. <laughs> Um, My nickname is Chinese Buffet. Your nickname? <laughs> no, I said your nickname was Vi- is Viagra. <laughs> Here all night, folks. <laughs> Tip your waiter. Oh, God. Anyway, we got way away from the topic there. Um, yeah, I mean, in the end, it's not surprising that you know, they gave easier schedules to the best teams, harder schedules to some of the worst teams and some of the most least or some of the least interesting teams. Um, there's still a ton of back to backs this year. A lot of people thought there would be a little bit less because the schedule wasn't going to be as jam packed. Um, but seems like there's still going to be as much, if not more back to backs than there was the season before. Uh, playing tourney still here, which I enjoy. Yeah, I thought that was. Um, yeah, playing tournament yeah. awesome. I'm surprised. Really like Dennis, I'm really surprised Dennis like that. I thought Dennis would be like, you know, like an old school guy. Oh, you make the playoffs in the regular season. You don't have these playing tournaments. I like. I like a lot of things. Oh, <laughs> yeah, from the '80s. That's why his nickname is the Chinese Buffet. That's right. Yeah, he tries a little of everything. Right. <laughs> But no, I, I liked it too. I think I, I talked about this in a uh, previous podcast episode last season that I think people were just caused a stink about the play in tourney just because of the packed schedule and everyone was getting hurt. So then they were like, why do we have to play more games for a play in it when everyone's getting hurt? But now that we have a normal schedule back and it's a little more spaced out, I think the play in tourney is going to be fine. But um. Well, there's always going to be people people bitching, complaining about how come it, it's like you know, like when you're a kid, your brother got like the red lollipop and you got stuck with the orange. You know, it's right. like that kind of crap. Like, how could they only play eleven back to backs and I got to play twelve? It's not fair. You know what I mean? But yeah, we I'd got the orange lollipop. Why? I'd rather have the orange lollipop. Well, it's just you know, but you know, we got uh, you know. Orlando, they're they're playing the hardest schedule, and they probably got more back to backs than anybody else. So, yeah, the other thing though, you got to realize though is like the worst team you are the previous year, you naturally are going to have the harder schedule because you can't play yourself. Right, right. If you're the Bucks and you're the best record in the league, I mean, it's one team, and it's a little, you know depending on your division and and stuff like that, it can be skewed. So, 
if you're in a division like the Atlantic Division, right, where they have like a bunch of you – know, well, you play – what am I saying? You play the – everyone plays the same – I don't know. <laughs> I'm thinking – never mind. <laughs> never mind. I'm, I'm, I'm wrong here. I, Great I one, think... Mike. Shit hot tonight. On top of your game, as always. <laughs> Shut up, Chinese buffet. <laughs> I think that's the first time Mike's talked himself out of a topic. <laughs> I know that was a rarity. But uh, but anyway, let's let's jump into what uh, the real episode is supposed to be about. We got the year in review for ice. the Boston. <laughs> Back to water ice. <laughs> I can't, I'm still waiting for the clip of that. Oh, it's coming. Don't worry. Unless it's a, you know, is it a sensitive topic with you? You know. What's going on? Oh no no no! I I got I got a good clip coming of that. I mean, okay. I just the whole I flood the whole flood has just delayed it, but it's it's a good clip coming of that. One. Rita. <laughs> oh, Rita. Um, Dennis is gonna get sent in the you know blasted on TikTok like I did, even though I was right. <laughs> they blasted me on TikTok for being right. I mean, you go on TikTok? How no, I deleted you? TikTok, but Alex puts it on TikTok. Wait, we have a TikTok? <laughs> yeah, I, I sent you a screenshot. <laughs> Wait, we we do have a TikTok. No. For real? Yeah. The Atlantic Files is on TikTok. I had no clue. Oh, anyone know that Dennis got a little salt and pepper going on in the bottom of that beard? He's got, got a little salt happening, a little patch of salt. Sucks. <laughs> well, I guess but, um, I was not... TikTok. Maybe we can land a sponsorship with Just for Men, Just for Dennis. I'd rather get Rita. <laughs> Baby. I'm about to looking, add this to the clip, too. <laughs> you're looking so good, that blue tonight. Blue water ice. Uh, anyways. All right, that's getting creepy now. Um, <laughs> so. Now? But, <laughs> true. Boston Celtics steps onto the podcast. TikTok. <laughs> yes. Follow the Atlantic Files on TikTok. No. Um, so Boston Celtics year in review. Last year, they were fourth in the Atlantic, seventh in the East. They finished with a 36 and 36 record. They were in the play in tourney, got up to the seventh seed to play Brooklyn, uh, lost four to one in that opening series. Um, the only one they won was just because Jason Tatum went off and I think he had like 50 some points um, throughout the season. They had tons of injuries. Uh, Kemba Walker only played 43 games. Marcus Smart played 48 games. Jalen Brown got hurt. Um, Fournier got traded there like halfway through and then got put into COVID protocols almost immediately. Um, and they just had a constant cycle of centers, uh, especially because there was a lot of times in there that Robert Williams got hurt as well. So failed to meet expectations. A lot of people thought they would be like a top four team. Um, and they obviously didn't deliver on that. Jason Tatum took another step in his development, though. He looked very good on the cusp. I, I, I would say if he's not a superstar already, then he's on the cusp of it. Um, he put up 26, 7, 4, 1.2 steals a game. And then 40, if we're rounding up 46% from the field, 39% from three. 
uh, 87% from the free throw line. He had a great season himself. Also a pretty good playoffs for Jason Tatum in that one series, um, 35 and five. So that was a great time, uh, great, um, display of his skills as well. But, uh, if you guys were going to give Boston a grade, what would you give them? I feel like the Celtics have just been a massive disappointment for the last like four years. Like every year you think, all right, this is going to be the year they're going to turn it on. They're going to, you know, hit the ground running and they just never do. Um, so I, you know, they, what they got beat by the Nets, I think in five, uh, I'll yep. give them a, a B minus, you know, they, they didn't collapse. They didn't play like crap. You know, they held their own, but they just didn't live up to their potential. You, you, like they keep failing to do ever since they traded for Kyrie Irving, um, you know, however many years ago. So yeah, I'll give them a, a B minus. Um, I think maybe Brad Stevens being a new GM will be, there we go. Got Dennis back. Uh, I think Brad Stevens being the GM might actually help them. I think Danny Ainge kind of screwed up the whole Nets trade post. Like, the, you know, not he didn't screw up the Nets trade. He screwed up right. what he did with the Nets trade. Tatum, great pick. Jalen Brown, fine pick. But then he held on to that last first-round pick that was the Kings that ended up being Romeo Langford. Um mm-hmm. He held on like way too. Well, he actually held on to the pick, traded it for Kyrie Irving. So he just didn't. He wasn't aggressive enough, is what my point is. He he had a window to be really aggressive and really take the team to the next level, and I don't think he was. And I think that's what cost them their title window. Can it open back up in a few years, or you know, if they can bring in a big time free agent, not Al Horford? Yeah, it could open back up, but I don't think they're a title contender this year or maybe not even next year, pending free agency. Um, I do like the fact that they re-signed the Time Lord, my, one of my favorite guys. As I told Alex, after the draft, I liked Robert Williams, and he got rewarded. Uh, yet another take of mine that um, hit. Just, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here at like a 75% take hit rate or hit take rate, whatever the hell the word term I'm looking for is. That's well, for then, all you TikTok kids. That's he's talking to you. Yeah, all you TikTokers, <laughs> go look at the receipts. I called Jokic being an MVP. I called the Time Lord. I called the Nuggets. I called Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Nick Claxton. I'll keep going. Anyway, B minus. Well, what are you? Tr- what am I trying? What? I mean, Joe Harris. You're actually proud of that. The guy got paid $75 million validates my point that he, you know, I said he was in a class of LeBron. They both choke at the end of games, but they both get paid. <laughs> nah, I'm pretty sure Joe Harris did a lot of choking throughout entire games on more than one occasion. All right, but he was a second-round pick who got cut, and the Nets signed him. I and I and I saw it right away that he'd be useful. So I'll take that as a t- as a as a hit on my takes. Am I moving? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dennis, what's your, what's your grade for the Celtics then? I don't know. I, I, I think a B minus would be pretty fair. I mean. Wow, you guys agree on another thing. Is that what he is said? B minus? Yeah. <laughs> a B then. I give him a B. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Now you got to think with all the injuries that they had, Tatum 
had some some injuries. Brown had injuries, if I recall. Yeah, Brown Brown missed some time last year. Marcus Smart missed a lot of time. Fournier didn't come into the equation until later on. Uh, they had to start Tristan Thompson at center because Williams was hurt quite a bit. So for what that team – oh, Kemba Walker was just entirely just Kemba-like. And it's – but for Street a team clubs. that – I know, but I just like him too much. I can't do that to him. <laughs> but but for, for a team that, uh, you know, dealt with as many injuries, and I would probably gamble and say that there was may not have been a team in the league that – may have dealt with as many injuries as the Celtics did last year. At least they're one of the top street close teams last season. So, um, yeah, I but I think, I think what they've been doing though, is I like the Marcus smart move. Um, you know, the Josh Richardson acquisition, the Al Horford acquisition. I mean, I think this is all just setting things up for, not not this season, but I think next season they're gonna they're really gonna have the target on Bradley Beal, and I think that's gonna be I th- I could see that totally happen in some sort of sign and trade agreement. I mean, they, they kind of had stuff in the works during the Olympics with Beal and uh, Tatum kind of talking, so I could see that surely happen. Unfortunately, you know, I could see like Marcus Smart involved in that type of deal. Horford still has another year left on his contract. Um, Richardson has, is owed a lot of money. So you gotta, in order for, for this type of deal to happen, I think it's going to involve draft picks. It's going to involve moving big money. And I think the guys who are on the radar are going to be Richardson, smart Horford, but they really, the, the, the wizards really don't want Horford. Obviously he, he, he was a great player at one time. Um, but the Celtics, at least, they get a, a tenured center who can mentor Robert Williams and kind of get him up to speed, kind of show him some things. They got Canner in the equation to do that now. So they're going to get use out of him for the year. I don't think he's going to do much playing and whatnot, but you know he might see a little action. But really the biggest takeaway from these signings and these moves is that they're ultimately gearing up for the acquisition of Bradley Beal next season. And it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like Mike likes his hot takes and I'm going to do it here first that Bradley Beal, I think he'll play the entire, if he doesn't play the entire season, his next team is going to be the Boston Celtics. Okay. I mean, I could definitely see it. And I, I do agree that I, they were definitely doing a lot of these moves with a bigger move in mind because otherwise they probably would have signed Evan Fournier to whatever money they had to, yet they let the Knicks pay him a ton of money, um, which I think, honestly, regardless of whatever move they make later on, is the better move to not pay him that much money because he's not worth that much money. Um, but well, I think that go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, but I think the, the Knicks are, are that other team that's kind of gearing up for that same thing. You know, they're um, when Glenn was on a couple of weeks ago, he said it. And the more I thought about it, it, it made sense that 
you know, Fournier is getting paid big money now, but you got to make the numbers match up. So my whole problem with the whole thing was that you're paying this guy money, you're locking it up, you're locking up your, your finances, but for something that's not guaranteed to happen. So I think the Knicks are definitely on the radar in terms of mm-hmm. picking up Beal. Um, but I could definitely see him going to to the Celtics. And if not, I mean, there's other options out there. I think this Zach Levine's going to be a free agent um, if he doesn't resign. So, I mean, they're putting all the pieces in play right now to, to make a move beyond this season. Yeah. No, I agree. And if I was going to give them a grade for last season, I'd probably give them like a C plus. Um, obviously, like we've talked about, injuries played a huge factor. Um, but in the end, I mean, like I said, everyone was expecting Boston to be like a top four seed. And every year since they first went to the conference finals, when they drafted Jason Tatum and everything, um, it was, you know, they were first in the division, lost in conference finals, second in the division, lost in conference finals. Then they went to third and lost in the conference semis. Back up to second, lost in the conference finals. And then last year, fourth in the division, lost in the first round. So they've kind of just been regressing each time. I mean, obviously, it went from like Isaiah Thomas to Kyrie Irving as their point guard to then Kemba Walker, who couldn't stay healthy. And then this year, nobody could really stay healthy. But all in all, it just uh, they probably could have made a move before the trade deadline, but it just sounded like um, what's his face, their GM before he left. Um, his name's slipping my mind right now. Um, Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge, there's so many assets that Danny Ainge just never wanted to part with. Like Marcus Smart was one of the guys that Danny Ainge never wanted to touch. But like they were in the race to get a lot of different players that if they probably traded Marcus smart along with some picks, they probably could have gotten, I mean, they were in the race to get guys like Anthony Davis. They were in the race to get guys even like James Harden and everything. They were, they were in those, those like offer races with other teams to try and get another superstar like that, but just never ended up getting him. I mean, for whatever, um, reason it may be i mean obviously some people just want to go to the glitzier place like la but they also didn't want to get rid of the necessary assets to bring in a player like that so with brad stevens there now i think he'll be a little more willing to get rid of some of the guys they have uh but like mike said i agree with you unless bradley beal does come I don't really see them being a championship contender this year, next year, uh, until like a few years down the road. Unless Bradley Beal comes and then they they get a lot of like ring chaser kind of people because now you have Beal, Tatum. I mean, you might have Brown at that point, but like just that kind of core, then I don't really see them being a legitimate contender. Bradley Beal is... He's going to Boston. Okay. And it's his sources. <laughs> we'll book I mean, it right here. 
I mean, in in all in all honesty, if the Olympics didn't happen this year, we might not be talking about this. True. But but uh, Tatum and Beal had a chance, you know. So two St. Louis guys. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, hey, they grew up together and everything. It doesn't it, it, it only makes sense for them to team up. So I but don't... if if Beal doesn't uh if Beal doesn't make his way to Boston, then you know, we might be looking at Zach Levine or maybe by that point in time Carl Anthony Towns might be sick of Minnesota. And yeah, want to get the hell out of there. If Carl leaves, I don't. I think he's either going to L.A. or or the Knicks or the Nets. Well, that's your opinion, Mike. I'm just saying that's what I think. <laughs> yeah, but why would he go to Washington? <laughs> I didn't say. No, he's Washington. saying going to Boston. I'm sorry. Why would he go to Boston? Uh, well, if if Beal doesn't go to Boston, then the Celtics. I feel like they're going to be getting, and I and I didn't say he's going to Boston. I said he's going to be in the market, like the Celtics will be in the market to make a move for something like that. the yeah. The Celtics are one big player away from being a Eastern Conference Finals caliber team. So the only way to make that happen is you've got to make a big move. So you have a lot of money tied up and a lot of guys. You have draft picks. They need to make a move. And if they don't do a Bradley Beal move, then they're going to be looking to, like I said, Zach Levine. Uh, you know, and then if things don't work out, then we might be talking about a Colin Sexton, that type of thing. So. True. I could definitely it, see that. It, it is true. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll so click this. We got we'll under put it up. Skin. <laughs> We'll clip this. We'll put it up. It'll be one clip Rita's, the other clip Bradley Beal to Boston. What's Boom. today's date? August 23rd. August 23rd. Bradley Beal will be in Boston by this time next season. Okay. Next year. All right. Book it. Sounds good. All right, and I, I guess we'll just end it on there. I think that wraps it up for us. Looks like we don't have anything left on the well, what, good what the old topic else, list. What the hell else are you going to talk about? There's nothing going on. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't know if you wanted to talk more Rita's water ice or. Don't get me started. <laughs> They're Italian ices, not water ices, by the way. Well, well in Philly, it's water ice water no but what i mean what, what do you want to talk about <laughs> Ham, hamadou diallo's blockbuster signing the Pistons signing exactly. Corey joseph after waving him that just I mean, didn't what, make sense but... what do you want to talk about i think we're good there's nothing yeah. have a good night <laughs> good night <laughs> all right thank you Love everybody you, for listening to another episode of the Atlantic Files, the number one podcast and the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you go check out all the podcasts over there. Follow us everywhere on social media. We are also on TikTok, as we previously said. Um, and also subscribe everywhere you get your no podcasts. 
<laughs> YouTube as well. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.